As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. What I, what I just, what gets me fired up, dude, what gets me fired up is when someone comes on that you're close with, someone that comes on that that has a, a, a real good relationship with you, someone that comes on that knows you beyond just what how the public knows you. And I, and I think today's guest, people are going to see, man, this dude really is a genuine cat, isn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that door swung the other way on me. You know, I got to peer behind the curtain and see what that was all about. So, I mean, that must have been pretty radical, man. You know, sure, sure. I mean, I asked him when he was when, after we had connected and he was leaving for his next movie. I was like, "Hey, man, you, you gonna?" I was like, "I think it was like four or five movies in one year." Yeah. Like, hey, bro, you slowing down for the? Like, might have been the holiday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he's like, you know, one day people are gonna get sick of looking at me. He goes, I got to take advantage of it while I can. I go, True that, right? Absolutely. He's a, you know, he's just a ground pounder, man. He's a hard worker. I mean, dude, just, I mean. by his bootstraps kind of deal, so. All you got to do is look at the dude's, what is his, his filmography or whatever you call that stuff at IMDB or whatever. And, it, and it's insane. And and we'll talk about that here in a sec. But, but first, let's just welcome everybody to the Team Never Quit podcast with Yours truly, Instructor Rutt, and and Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. And it's our mission to inspire you to overcome the obstacles of life, to face all the adversity, and pretty much to, to recognize that you got the never quit mindset. It's inside you. It's down deep. 
You just got to let it come out, brother. You got to let it come out and, and, and recognize that we all face the combat of life. We all got to grind. We got to all feel the pain. We got to all get that next nut from the squirrel. So that's what our show is about. If you want to know more about it, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. But we'd really love it if you went to iTunes and you subscribe to our show, you know, so it's on demand morning, noon, or night, whether you're driving to work or you're at work or you're PTing or you're going for a run or wherever you are and you need that little bit of lift, we're there for you. And then if you could, what would be great is if you... You know, if you left a, a review of the show on there and you said how much you loved it or hated it or how annoying my voice is or, or how much Marcus goes down a rabbit hole, whatever you want to write, just go ahead and write it there for we'd appreciate it. It's not my fault. <laughs> it is. It, it is really my fault. is. It's really <laughs> my fault. I mean, I, I'm sitting up here every day telling I'm responsible for myself. Of course, it's my fault. Enjoy it. <laughs> oh, by the way, one more thing before we get into this. You know, I forgot to thank you right off the bat, the listeners, for making us one of the top podcasts on iTunes of 2016. Yeah, and and that was, that's amazing. Thank you all so much. We awesome. really, really appreciate it. You can't, we are doing this for you and, and your response by, by, by making us, you know, just one of the most successful podcasts to come out this year in only half a year. Man, that's all you guys, and we appreciate it. So thank you. All right. Before we get into reviewing Mr. Wahlberg's filmography... Wizard sent us, as usual, he sent us, uh, uh, we're going to do uh, That's Debatable. Gentlemen, welcome to That's Debatable. 30 seconds on the clock. Question number one. With who would you rather go on a week-long road trip? Billy Mays or Richard Simmons? That's a tough one, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Billy Mays. Because I believe that Billy Mays really isn't like that when he's not on the air. I do believe that Richard Simmons is like that around the clock. I've been doing PT in the car. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, talk about a dude who's always fired up and a never quit attitude. That guy right there, man. I mean, and plus just everything he's seen and been through, I would imagine that I, he has, uh, man, we probably need to get him on the show, dude. I bet he's got some, all he's been doing his whole life is motivating people. And it's kind of crazy because you look at the guys who motivate us, and and and, and look at them when they were, they were it was Schwarzenegger and 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 the oh yeah everything just even our GI Joes were 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 yoked up man yeah. and propelled us in a certain direction man and he's he doesn't have that look but he's propelled millions of people into uh, hundreds I, of millions they hit that guy from all angles man and he's still fired up so all right I I that you won you know what I mean I'm gonna flip my I'm gonna flip my what I want. I'm going with Richard Simpson. Well done. Question number two. Bull Rider versus Rodeo Clown. Who's got more guts? Go. Oh, Clown. I disagree, dude. How's that? Well, the dude's got to get on the bull. The Clown might... Okay, I get it. So is the Clown. And under not, it, and not, in between it, in not, between the not, gate not, and in that barrel. And not do every time. He possibly can. Not... Well, okay, look, once not the bulls, every time. Once the bull is... is, is that cowboy slips in that well, man, and that gate flies open. Eight seconds or not, right? He's pissed off because there's something on his back. Yeah, yeah. All right. From there on out, he's pissed off at the world. Everything in front of him. And those clowns make sure that they are... I mean, you ever been next to a rodeo clown? Yes. Okay. As a wizard? No. Right. I, I, I don't know. Probably. My, my, here's my point. Let me... Hear, hear me out. 
Here the Cowboys got balls that clank. All right, I mean, they're just unbelievable that, that the Cowboys get on that. I'm not taking anything away. They, they know and I'm they not taking anything. And they do it every time they're getting on. Yeah. The clown might not become engaged with the bull. So there's a chance, there's a a slight variable in there that the the clown might not have to engage. Mm. Right? Yeah. Now it is a different mindset that the bull, the clown's running into gunfire, so to speak. But the guy on the bull is riding the bull every time. He doesn't have a choice. So that's all I'm saying is there's Yeah, a, and them guys switch. Every rider. Yes, they and the do. the only reason I'm... Right? And that clown stays yeah. in there. The only reason I'm saying this is just because of what the cowboys say. Yeah, you know, I mean, them clowns... Tough did say they're pretty hard. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I got enough buddies at rodeo and, and seen them guys. I'm, guys I grew up with that were on, on the run, man. Right. They're just kind of... I'm, I'm sticking that's a with, tough one, man. I, that's a tough one. I'm sticking with the with, yeah, with, with the that. That's good. Question number three: Would you rather have the ability to hold a conversation with your dog in English, or speak any language on Earth instantly? Go. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I don't even know how he comes up with these things. You got to be mentally unstable. Nah, man, to, I just need to know where he's sitting right now. <laughs> that's you know what I'm talking about. Oh, obviously totally. he's somewhere. It's just him and the dog. <laughs> I, I don't. I, but it's, it's one of those speak, camp dogs, though. Yeah, exactly. We're not dogs. speak English. All right, I, I I'm gonna have to go with talking to my dog. Man, because I mean I love my dog Zulu. Every dog. Because here's the deal, man. Because if you can speak any language at, at any time to any human, it, your it, dog dies. He, he said conversation with your dog. Man, I got Mr. Rigby. I can't. I, I, I talk to him anyways, right? Christopher Walken voice. I mean, it's <laughs> epic. I love when no, you say that. I just imagine Rigby looking up at you, Christopher Walken. You know, he's staring so at me. I had this shiny <laughs> hunk yeah. of metal in my... Staring <laughs> at my friend all wrong. It's the tone. <laughs> Question number four. Snake Bliskin versus John McClane. Go. Snake Bliskin. Ah. Snake Bliskin. Ah. John McClane is that, you know, Bruce is a badass, man. This I, brand, so is John, right? It's a Christmas movie, too. I added uh, it to the Christmas you, list. You, I know you did. I, I don't know, you know if it's I, actually a Christmas movie. Hey, uh, Kurt Russell, that's my top. That's my number one dude right there, man. So I, 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 I know. I know. But I'm saying it's it's not Kurt Russell. It's Snake Plissken, right? Okay. Against? Against John McClane. Now, we have a lot more. All right, here it is. How many, how many diehards are there? Five. Okay, John McClane. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's where you're right. going, right? Yeah, that's where I was going. Only, only L.A. and New York. That's it. That's all we had with Snake Plissken. There yeah, were five no. diehards. Nakatomi Towers. We had Nakatomi, New York, airport. an airport. <laughs> during Christmas. Oh, dude, it was Edward. Always during Christmas. And it's, yeah, because it's a holiday. <laughs> Question number five. Which human evolutionary upgrade is better to see in the dark versus breathe underwater? I'd rather breathe underwater. Frogman? Come on. There's a tap on the table, man. I hate being in that water for a long time. Yeah, but if you can breathe, it t- changes everything. You're right, because then you don't have that fear of drowning. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Our, our biggest fear is what is breathing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's constant it's on your head all the time. Right. You know, when we go into the aircraft carriers, that's uh, the most humbling uh, training. Uh, uh, that, out of everything we do under, under the subs, under that aircraft carrier, man, you're looking at your buddy through his eyes and yeah. be like, hey, man, we... We go under here. If we lose each other, we ain't coming back, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm on the fence with that one. I, I mean, because night vision would be super cool, bro. You're talking about Riddick. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, Josh, like oh, dude, where you got, you got like three dude, settings. Those are epic. That's tough to drop on us, man, because that's both our environment. I, that's what I'm saying. I'd love to be able to see in the dark. Did yeah. you do more missions on land or in the sea? Well, you know, land, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a frog man. I, I, I hear you. I know that you're. Man, if I that that'd be. Spider-Man aside, dude, being able to get underwater, like, because that's a whole different universe. That's Aquaman. That's a different world, right? That, yeah, yeah. Everyone looks for different planets and life on different, man, the ocean is just uncharted and the adventures, because everything, all the sunken ships, and you can get into all that wackiness. All you right, can explore all right. that. You just did it. I'm Kevin a, Costner, right? Yeah. Our world. Hey, yeah. Great show. Question number six. Which is a more sinister villain? Anton Shagirth, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men versus Whitey Bulger, Johnny Depp in Black Mass. That's easy for me. Yeah, same. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that dude is so vicious, it's not even funny. That, and that shotgun? It's your lucky quarter. <laughs> you get that quarter. I mean, uh, we quoted that movie forever in the uh. teams. So good. That came out after I was yeah. out, but Brindo. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just the gas stations. It's Temple, Texas, is right up the road. It's man. right there, isn't it? Yeah. And the and the way the cow punch he used to oh to go through the doors. Yeah, yeah, and and brother, that's that, what they killed. Cattle in the head, right? Yeah, and blow him in the head like that. Oh, bro. I, they, that was a great movie, man. They scripted his part. He's a him and that, that other guy we we had a debatable on. Uh, uh, no. here, here, here's a question though. I just want to throw this out there, just so just so we we we're fair. Whitey Bulger was real. That that dude actually. Why'd you, have, why'd you have to bring that up? Because because it, it, <laughs> it wouldn't be fair to him if I didn't offer the fact that that's a real person, and he killed a lot of people. So that he's real. He Javier, is absolutely real. Javier was fiction. And you got. You know what? You, I'm you got me on this one, man. Because you got it. Because Whitey, man, he infiltrated into the FBI, into the State Department. Or no, the state he's got it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All of them. And ran South Boston with Iron Fist, right? That's pretty hardcore, and that's real. Yeah, especially in South Boston. I mean, everyone's hard down there, right? Final question. Would you rather be bound, gagged, and thrown in a closet for 30 minutes with three deadly water moccasins or one curious chimpanzee with a grenade? <laughs> Good lord. Who is able to come up with that nonsense in their brain? The wizard. The wizard. Yeah. Dude. That sounds, like a, even... that sounds like a bunch of them hashed in and, uh, and just be pulled, cherry picked the, the hard parts. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with the chimpanzee and the hand grenade. Yeah, me too. Marks doesn't like snakes. Yeah, I, I hate them. Yeah. Even though water moccasins are small and their little mouths are small, you're in a closet. Wait, wait. What'd you say? They got teeny little mouths. Water right? moccasins are not small. They got they big old heads. And very aggressive. Jack Roger. Uh, those are the ones you need to. I'm thinking of the little coral snake. <laughs> yeah, they're actually hot mouse and the water moccasins, man. It's a mamba. Is and, it? Yeah, it's it's a type of mamba, and I it's a water mamba is what they refer to them in other places. And I, you know, actually didn't know that till a couple of years ago when I was oh when I went to Africa and was studying. Yeah. No, they got snakes down there that spit at you. <laughs> right when we came across, them, yeah, you know, they're just upset to be upset. You want to hear a funny snake story? Not really. Right. Is there one? There is. Mm. It is. It's awesome. So I'm in Thailand. And <laughs> <laughs> so there I was, yeah. no shit in Thailand. Can you tell this whole story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. It's a good, it's a good right. one. So we're out training the Thai seals out wherever we we're training them, and 
And uh, they needed uh, my senior chief and and the head sniper needed me to be a spotter for these guys. And we had this little area where we went out. And so I'm walking, and they're you know our, their little snipers are doing their stalks and all that, and they're moving me around. And and finally, I hit a point, and I uh, you know it's, I'm looking around, I'm starting to see these big circular burn patches, and, and I mean it's, it's like what the hell, where, what's going on here? And then I then I saw this giant, this giant skin, right? Giant, eight nine feet long skin, right? <sighs> and I'm going, I come over later, I go Wally, Wally. Dude, what's going on out here, bro? Can you ask? I, I think it was porn was the guy's name, right? Can you ask porn wh- wh- where uh, we're doing? Of course it was. <laughs> For our listeners, of course it was. Where where are we doing this? What's going on with this little range? And he comes back and he, you can hear him laughing. And he goes, right, bro, I, I don't want to tell you this, but I'm, I guess I have to be in your chief. He goes, uh, uh, it is shedding season for all of the cobras. So, so you're in a you're in a high density cobra grass breeding area, ground. breeding ground, and and I go well, well that's great, that's awesome, you know, grass up to my chest. I go well, what are these burn marks? He goes, they also, <laughs> they also sometimes use this area for forty mic mic range. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the same time, I hope, just for all intents and purposes. That was my snake story God. in Thailand. Anyways, yeah, all right. That was, that's debatable. What do you Anything think? Anything that's shed its skin bigger than you, and, and you know it's bigger, right? I mean, I find sheds around here all the time, and they're, they're good size, so you know he's bigger. And Much bigger. Yeah. Oh, bro, it, it's nuts. So anyway, anyway, so so that's that's debatable. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I got a good kick out of that one, man. Wizard brought the, the he brought the heat on those questions. Yeah. I was getting deep. I can only imagine what we got coming up. Oh, my God. All right. Let's shift focus, shall we? We've got a big guest coming on, probably. I mean, I'm so proud to have Mark Wahlberg coming on. I mean, if you don't mind, Marcus, I think it would be kind of fun to just talk about Mark and talk about, you know, what it was like meeting him, what that process was like for you. You know, take us through that whole thing, how it went down. When they're selecting the actors to be in the movie mark became an integral uh part of the whole film getting done actually i mean uh, oh him so much but i don't know if you've ever talked about this i didn't have a say in who played me i, I you know and when they when mark's name was thrown out and all the actors they're across the board were thrown out for playing everybody's part was great i mean that was a, a great experience being a part of that and watching it go down pete's phenomenal at picking di- the right people yeah because yeah. think about this and, and you, you kind of do until it's serious, right? right? So everyone's like, oh, who, who would you have play you, right? And yeah. you always throw out somebody yeah. right off the cuff. The until, Rock. I'd until have The it, Rock play yeah, me. You know, I, I like to walk <laughs> like Denzel and John Travolta. There's, you know, this, I was like, let's, let's, but if you really have to do it for serious, I mean, it's like, seriously, like, hey, who do you, you like, uh, all right, man, let me start thinking about this. And when they threw Wahlberg out, I was like, yeah. Only, and it just, the more time that went by and progressed and, and it, and, uh, and and got to know him, you know, because our, we grew up around the same time. I followed him. I mean, I've known him my whole life, right? Yeah. You have too, basically. It, so the first day I was going to meet him in New Mexico, we were out at the SWAT range. We were training the guys. Uh, all of them have been out there, and Mark was showing up. So Melly and I were staying in town, and then we, we were driving in. Uh, we just drive into the set in the morning. Right. When she, she came in to visit. Roughly around the same time Mark showed up. It's not kind of funny now that I think about it. But anyways, <laughs> so we're driving out there, and, and, and Melly's going off. She's like, oh, 
you know, I used to have posters. She's probably going to kill me for saying this. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what girl didn't it's have Calvin Klein, yeah, man. Come on. I it's mean, Marky Mark, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you had the whole funky bunch poster. Yeah. Van Damme. Van Damme was on the wall. Really? Yeah. Nice. Mine were all, mine was Jimi Hendrix, Bob Marley, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're driving out there, and she's like, I had a poster. That's the biggest crush on him. He, you know, he hurt such a sweetheart. Well, I'm, you know, you know how much I love my wife, right? I mean, yes. it's kind of only one thing that sets me off, and I'm a guy's guy, and I, you know, I mean, it's Mark Wahlberg, but so I, I'm sitting here listening to this 40 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. the whole time I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, man, I'm just, so we get out of the truck. I walk straight up to him, you know, and he's like, hey, Marcus, I'm, you know, Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, I thought you'd be bigger, man. What's up? My wife. And, you know, that's yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah, right yeah, there all the time. yeah, like, yeah. But, uh, man, he, you got to, growing up the way he did and, and the life, the path he's taken, he's one of them, man, as soon as you kind of shake his hand and make eye contact with him, everything's on the level. Really? Yeah, man. And he that's just, cool. He's such a professional what he did that I was, my confidence in the way he acts and the way he learns to play those parts because he's done quite a few now yeah and he's uh, played a lot of, of real people right yep so i just what was that process like with him i mean was he was it the craziness like you hear like with robert de niro preparing for jake lamada was it uh you know some of those just those denzel and some of the, the way people prepare for these roles like penn, sean sean penn is he, notorious yeah, for just goes jumping deep, right? deep yeah. deep into it Al Pacino, all these guys, these great actors. Did he? I mean, what was it like with you? I mean, well, the most the most important thing that they did, man, is they had to be integrated with each other. Yes, team environment didn't matter with me. And that was when we were talking about doing the film. I was like, hey, man, you get somebody like that to play me, then people are going to understand who that lone sur survivor is, kind of deal. Right. No one knew I made it out. I was the one that made it out of there. Parent side, team side, you know that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's why the actors are this deck is stacked all the way across the board. And, um, man, he, we were together all the, you know, what it's like on the, on the range. We're together all the all time. The day, I mean, yeah. then there's live fire going on. So then there's that, that trust level comes in pretty quick. They learn to move. Were shoot, you shooting with them? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys I was chaperoning them. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we do a movement or something like that, they had a question, we'd go online and do our thing. But after a while, man, it was all, I mean, you see the movie, that's, it, they look good. Yeah, dude. They move through. They quick. look good. And uh, were there moments where, like, you guys would go off and sit together? Yeah, we go have dinner at the end of the day. Yeah, or, or did right you to, to did, the set I'm, together? I'm sure he he had because I'm sure he had a lot of questions for you about a specific moment. Uh, yeah, and he, did, he did. But you know what he was good about, man? Huh. He would just he would we would catch each other offline because the guys the other guys had to play our guys who were dead. Yeah, and they needed every bit of it. Focus, focus, attention, attention questions, yeah. asking anything because their guys weren't there. Yeah. You know, and all Mark had to do was watch me talk to them. That's right. the same way I do it when we're alive. Yeah. Because we integrate. I mean, I was calling him Axe and, and Danny, and, and I mean, wow. it got into the, we rolled on it hard. That's cool. Yeah. Mark and Ray and all that made sure of that. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's remarkable. When you start to look, I mean, I, I pulled up his, his filmography, and man, when you, you start going down this thing and, and you go all the way back from, Geez, Fear, Boogie Nights, uh, Three Kings was huge. I remember that. A Perfect Storm, The Departed, Ted. I mean, yeah, one and two. Yeah, Pain and Gain, Two Guns, Lone Survivor, Transformers, Entourage, Deepwater Horizon, and the latest one coming out, Patriots Day, that came out. That's amazing. And that's just his act, 
his acting, yeah. much less his his produ- his producing, which is you know off the charts oh, and then too. The, he has the family. There's Wahlburgers. I mean, all his brothers are are great. I mean, they're yeah. you know, the family. The mom's awesome. She's like my mother. Is she? Don't mess around. Okay, except for the North. You know, imagine yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go, right there. <laughs> she's the she's the Northeast mm. version of, of my Don't play around, man. That's cool, man. Well, I you know, I'm so excited and I really appreciate you, you know, you asking him to come on and I, I'm I'm really excited to see it, him yeah, what he has. It has been a because I first couple of movies he did were serious, man, but his humor is the other guy's probably one of my favorite. Really? Yeah, man. Office pop. That's uh, um, <laughs> pop. That's pop. That's right. That's I mean, <laughs> just fantastic, uh, dude. It's so good. Let's bring him on. Without further ado, let's bring let's bring Mark Wahlberg on. All right, Marcus. Here we go. Mad minute with your buddy. He's on with us, brother. You got to bring it because I want to hear the funniest shit out of his mouth he's ever had right now. So go. First question. All right, brother, a movie character you'd like to play out in real life? Marcus the Truck. Oh. <laughs> How did I know that one was coming? That's cool, because I said Wahlberg. Anyway. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, that's awesome. All right, uh, what is your favorite childhood injury? Uh, probably the scar uh, when I bit through my cheek. As I was holding, I was holding my mouth closed. Uh, it didn't break completely through, but I was holding my mouth closed. I jumped out of a tree and I hit my knee and bit through my cheek and my tongue. And I held my mouth closed until I got into the house with my mother. She's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I went, "Blah!" And the blood came everywhere. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. I, love it. I bet she didn't even bat an eye, did she? No, I'm just you know, right back in the station wagon. Oh, yeah, that lady's tough. The station wagon <laughs> <laughs> with the wood paneling <laughs> sitting up. all the way in the back, dude. <laughs> No seatbelts. No registration. No insurance. <laughs> ha, all right. That leads me into my question. What was your first car? My first car? I bought a Volkswagen Bug, uh, like a 71 buggy from my boy for like uh, 50 bucks. And I was 15 years old. I didn't have a license or anything. I always kept a car in the neighborhood. I just park it down the street and drive it around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, man. We started stealing my mom's uh, station wagon when we were 13, driving around Boca Raton, me and my best friend, Rich. It was awesome. All right. All right. Uh, last question from me. Uh, what was your biggest failure in life? Uh, the biggest disappointment was not finishing school. Quitting school. Yeah. You got one more for him, bud? All right, brother. Would you rather change the past or see the future? Oh, see the future. That's pretty good. You asked me that a while ago, I would have changed the past, but I kind of, you know, go ahead. That's wisdom right there. That is wisdom. He was able to put it to bed, man. That's awesome. All right, Mark, thanks again, Uh, brother. It's such a, we appreciate you coming on. It's really an honor and a privilege to have you on, especially because of the relationship that you got with Marcus and being a friend. Um, so our listeners come here because they're searching for something that's going to help them, you know, climb the obstacle, overcome the adversity. They're going to, they, they, they need that one thing, that one piece of advice based on an epic story of, of that never quit mindset. So let's jump right into it. What is your greatest never quit story or stories in your life? Well, you know, it's it's something that I continue to apply every day. You know, it's just that never give up, never quit. Hard work pays off. Doing things the right way, earning it the right way, things that will will help it last. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger, 
and my faith really kind of helped me to turn my life around. Uh, and then as it becomes successful, you know, you kind of start slipping a little bit. I was young, and when you're put into that position, you can't help but want to indulge. And and uh, but I always wanted to do the right thing. You know, I've made so mistakes, so many mistakes, and I had so much regret that I just decided, you know, what I was going to work really hard. I was going to earn it. And any t- and any time that I I I failed, I felt good because I gave it my full effort. You know, it's when you kind of half-ass something, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. Then you feel like crap because, you know, you didn't give your best effort. Um, but so I continue to try to really apply that every day of my life. You know, I would say it's one thing, you know, it's like there are like certain instances, like when I would never give up on trying to get a project made that I really believed in um, and kind of pushing those things uphill and overcoming adversity to the point where I got to make it. You know, uh, The Fighter was a very difficult movie to get made, but obviously the persistence paid off. Lone Survivor was something that, that Pete wanted to make for a long time time and then when he came to me we were able to kind of figure it together but you know the overall thing is you know getting up every day first thing i do is get on my hands and knees you know uh, express my gratitude for all the blessings that are in my life and then i go and you know i try to work uh, harder than i did the day before you know and that level of commitment to being the best person that i can be the best father and husband um, you know, those are the things that have allowed me to succeed uh, and continue to grow in everything else that I, that I do. One of the things that we talk about a lot is, is those early influences. And for us, you know, the real forging process happened when we went into buds, right? And you were measured not by your own ability to succeed in a particular evolution, but your ability to see succeed for the man next to you. And that was the driver. So I know you're from a big okay. family, did you have that kind of driving force, albeit it might have been a little negative, but it was really that, that, you know, that expectation from your siblings or your crew or whoever that, that initiated that drive? You know, my dad, I mean, my dad, you know, I'm the youngest of nine, and then he had uh, four kids from another marriage. Um, he just worked hard, you know. He drove a truck. He did two, two jobs at a time. He did everything he could to put food on the table. And even when, you know, when my parents divorced, uh, I just always admired his work ethic, you know, if I got a line, you know, if I got out of line, he'd certainly straighten me out pretty quick. Um, but, you know, he was just always, he'd get up and go to work and provide. And, uh, and I always admired that a lot, you know, um, you know, he introduced me to, uh, to a lot of the positive things in my life, like, you know, my love of film. Uh, and then my parish priest, Father Flavin, you know, he would come and hang out with us when we were on the corner getting into trouble and up to no good. And always just try to, you know, slowly reel us back in and, you know, and always be there. And he'd actually stay out, you know, two, three in the morning drinking beers with us just to talk <laughs> to us and, and make us feel comfortable enough to be able to open up to him. And, you know, when I got in trouble, you know, uh, none of my friends came to see me. Father Flayton was the first one to come and visit me. And, uh, you know, he's still obviously, you know, he's married. Uh, all my brothers and sisters that are married, he's married them. You know, he baptized all my kids. You know, he's been, uh, you know, a huge influence in my life uh, since the day I met him as well. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, Marcus, you talk a lot about that, too, with your, your dad and, and the influence that you saw. And although he was hard, you know, he taught you that that drive. Yeah. The one that deal, when we got linked up on Lone Survivor, man, I was fired up about that because our backgrounds are similar in the way we, that we, we were brought up, man. And, and what always kind of got me about you brother is that you play a you're a huge role model in in so many people's lives in different avenues of people's lives and i think one of the things I, I always wanted to ask you this usually when somebody picks a career path and they're successful in it 
they they stick to it until the very end and you've switched over from well everything i mean i i had no idea i mean you you do so much up in that world that you live in now that it's it's it, most people don't even know that and yeah. the drive to switch to reinvent yourself reinvent yeah. yourself every time is just amazing to me man can you can you talk about that a little bit uh i just kind of find myself uh, you know being interested in something and trying to you know figure out how it works and and then i kind of just dive in everything that i've ever done i've been kind of self-taught you know um, but I'm also not afraid to ask questions. You know, I would never be pretend like I know, you know, uh, the meaning of every single word that somebody's saying. And, you know, you get to a room with a bunch of intellectuals and they start saying stuff. And I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, can you, what, 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 what does that mean? I understand you know, there'd be that, no math involved in this. Great word. Great <laughs> word. Could you just elaborate on that one a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because then all of a sudden you pretend to know what somebody's saying, then you end up looking like a fool, you know? I, and I've always felt like I had... I had an education on the street that's invaluable to what I do and how I can apply it to, to my business. Um, and although I regret, you know, uh, not getting the proper education, you know, I can still always go and find out and seek this information. And I'm interested in finding out this information. So I got books and dictionaries and all this stuff. And like I said, I'm not afraid to ask questions. Um, but, you know, I mean, like the big deal for me was going back to school. I got my diploma at 42. I don't want my kids saying, Dad, wow. you didn't go. We don't go you know so i went and actually went online and got a real diploma and you know i gotta be on my kids you know because look we i worked so hard because we had nothing you know and i want i always wanted what we didn't have uh but i always wanted to also be able to provide my kids an upbringing that i didn't have that i thought was was important but also you know i want to give them those real life lessons as well because i don't want them to feel a sense of entitlement um you know i want them to you know what hard work means and understand that and and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to accomplish that because if I build all this business and everything and have all the success and fail as a father or as a husband, then it's all been a waste. Amen. You know? um, Amen. Well, of course, another thing is the loyalty to, to your crew, man, because I have the same friends I've had my entire life. They're still <laughs> running around here and, and no matter nothing's changed on that end. And that's that's the same way it is. Man, him and his crew are so tight. And, and so what's very, that thing you always say, you know, at the end where you think and you're going like. I thank you, Lord, for all the gifts you give me, and then the friends. Yeah, you, for my friends for helping me find find them. Find them, and yeah. and that's an important part. As you have, you know, as you reinvent yourself constantly, Mark, do you have to find a new group of friends to help you as you're learning from scratch, or do they transfer? Oh yeah, I'm with my guys. My guys are with me all the way, and you know, I never really feel like I've reinvented myself. Obviously, I've gone from from music to movies and then from acting to producing. Uh, and then I have a lot of other business interests, but I always feel like it's just part of growing and maturing and finding other interests. Uh, and, and it's not like I'll say, okay, well, I'll throw this out there. If that works great, if not on to the next, it has to be things that I believe in that I'm passionate about. Uh, and that kind of fit who I am. You know, I'm not going out there just trying to make money. I want to make, if I want to build the business, I want to build the business that, that can improve other people's way of lives as well. Um, but all the same guys. And then if I meet other people that are doing things that I'm interested in, but the, the core group of guys are my guys forever. You know, if they get locked up, we'll wait till they get out and then they come right back with us again. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Amen to uh -huh. that. Amen to that. One of the interesting things that w when we had Peter on the show and talking about, uh, you know, the set with Lone Survivor and all you guys was, 
is, was, and Marcus brought this up, was remember when you were saying about the camaraderie with, with the team guys and the camaraderie with them and how it, how it fused? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we, we were together before the movie even cranked up for training. And it wasn't one of those deals where they we kind of coached him into it. We just threw him in the deep end of the pool. <laughs> I mean, he's been around. He's done movies before, so he's familiar with the weapon system. Some of those, those guys weren't. But, I mean, it was live fire, out of the door, moving and shooting, communicating. So the the what we didn't have to worry about on the set was them operating like a team. Right. And, yeah, man, we were just there on the perimeter just looking. You know, I mean, that, you would see them. We were watching down. If they had any questions, we'd shoot them back up. We saw something, then we then we we right, put our two right. cents in. Yeah, and Pete was great about letting that fly too. Yeah, Mark, do you find that like on on Patriots Day was there a, a similar camaraderie between those guys in Deepwater Horizon, or is was that camaraderie? Did it was it was it in the same realm as it was when you were on Lone Survivor? Well, when you make when you make a movie. Uh, like Alone Survivor, Deep Water, or Patriots Day, it's it's no longer about your individual experience as an actor. You know, for us, uh, I don't care what my Hollywood resume was, the movies I'd made in the past, whether it's Boogie Nights or Ted or all these other movies that I've been a part of uh, that had you know various levels of success. This is a movie that was about something that was extremely important, and everybody said, you know, we're committed to getting it right. And as 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 we as Marcus is, you know, it wasn't one of those things where you know, we had their respect right away. We had to show them how committed we were uh, and earn their respect. And to be able to do that is such a great feeling. Uh, I remember just, you know, I hadn't experienced that before where I just felt like to be welcomed by the SEAL community, for, for me to meet guys in the military and have them come up to me and genuinely thank me for telling that story and being a part of it. And I'm really just grateful that I had an opportunity to be a part of it. Um, so anytime you're making a movie like that, it, it no longer becomes about your own individual experience. Um, it becomes about something bigger and honoring the story and honoring the people, uh, you know, in which the story that you're, t you're telling. So it, it's very rare that you get to experience that as an actor. And if you're lucky to once in your career, it's a very special thing that you'll cherish for a long time. I've got, I'm looking at this picture right now with, with me and Marcus and my son came to the photo shoot and, uh, well, you know, it's just, it's just, it's such a special thing to be a part of that. Well, I tell you what, you, you, you talk about it with reverence all the time, man. Oh, it was unbelievable. I'm going to go on record right now by saying, you know, NSW backed this up. I mean, to make sure that it was done right. And everybody who was brought in was for a reason to get it done right. And Hollywood was great. I mean, just that whole atmosphere wasn't, and I, I know that, that the, all those actors who were in that movie keep in touch with the, each individual family member and Mark, same with me. I mean, keeps in touch, checks on me. So that's uh, it was, man. It was something. That, it definitely brought those two worlds together. And they every day was they they. You would hear somebody saying, "Man, it's just an honor to be here. I'm just thankful to be a part of this." So, and it and that I'm sure that resonates through the entire cast and crew and everybody from ground up all the way through. And if if absolutely if if you're I mean, even you saw the guys you saw the guys carrying stoves up, <laughs> you know, to the top of the mountain <laughs> to be able to lunch for the guys and you know it was great because all the guys um who were playing you know afghan taliban guys were out there you know playing football hanging around uh all trying to find a rock or just you know sitting next to each other because it wasn't uh anywhere else to go and like run off to a trailer or any of that stuff you were <laughs> on the top of the mountain 
Yeah, we've gone to like everything up and then are walking up. Everybody. So I had Rigby and then uh, something from Sound and everybody up at the top top of that mountain. And we're there all day. Ain't yeah. coming down until, until yeah. the sun was going down. And that, yeah, that was, yeah, uh, that was good times, You better man. try to go to the bathroom before you go up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, to then to see Marcus over there lugging stuff, you know, and then yeah, you know, it was my fourth movie in a row and I was pretty tired. But, you know, obviously the, the the fourth one was the most important one. And once I saw, you know, how those guys were, were, were doing it, I said, man, I got to step up. And we all, you know, me, Ben, uh, Taylor and and uh, Emil felt the same way. You know, it was like these guys, these guys expect the best and we got to raise our, our, our level of play here. Now, taking that experience and just coming off of Patriots Day, too, I mean, that's that's a heavy, heavy, heavy story. I, I worked with the Red Sox this year, did some motivational stuff with them and worked with the team. And, and man, just getting to know and talking to John Farrell and some of the, and Tory and all those guys about last year, 2013, I mean, that's that's an emotional, emotional thing for not just, you know, the people at the race, but the whole city. And, and you know, that's your that's where you're from. Was it, did you, did you need to, when you showed up on that set, was the, were the emotions still raw? Were they still deep? And did you guys have to lift people up and, you know, or was it, it did it, was it just natural there? Absolutely. No. I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's a very, 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 uh, um, you know, fresh, uh, wounds, this horrific act. And, you know, they will, they'll, they'll never fully be okay. You know, I mean, cause you know, you see, how Marcus is, or when, you know, we met Axis family and Merce family. Um, you have these very brave men who sign up and I never met uh, a Navy SEAL who didn't like enjoy a gunfight, you know? <laughs> so they kind of knew Cared what they were getting into. And even, and even with Deepwater Horizon, you know, it's a very dangerous job and people know, you know, the hazards of the job and it's a, it's a dangerous occupation. This is a, a, a totally different thing. You have innocent families, women and children going to root their loved ones on at a road race and something horrible like this happens. So, and of course, me being from Boston, uh, you know, and them having somebody they can identify with and hold accountable, um, I think that was a bit of a relief for them. But, uh, you know, when I talked about being uncomfortable making the movie, but they were going to make it regardless. So I figured, you know what, if they're going to make it, then I need to be involved and I need to be in control. First off, second off, we needed to explain to them how committed we were to getting it right and honoring them and what our intentions were. And then the third thing is I was so, I'm so proud to be from Boston. I am so proud of how the people from Boston came together. And I think to have an opportunity to show that despite these horrible, tragic things happening, that people will come together and love will always win and conquer evil. Amen. Uh, that was important. That's an important message to get out there. You know, we can't go living in fear. And it was amazing, you know, what the first responders, uh, you know, the law enforcement officials, everybody, have doctors, nurses, volunteers. I mean, people came together. They ran towards the problem. And it's a small city. Everybody knows somebody who is directly affected by it. Uh, and I felt, you know, uh, that it was my job to to make sure that we did it and got it right. And if, if I didn't do it, somebody else would have done it, and maybe they wouldn't have been as, as respectful, sensitive as they needed to be um, to to everybody who was involved and affected by it. Absolutely. From the time you and but I, I met, what's that? Sorry, but people always say, oh, my God, what was the most difficult thing? I said, well, it was it was really difficult for me, but that is nothing compared to what those actual people went through. And That's going through you, now. 
Yeah, and Pete, what Pete keeps talking about how when we first did the uh, the big screening of uh, Lone Survivor, and everybody thought that I was going crazy and and drunk and started talking about it, but I just felt like I just heard somebody compare being in Hollywood to like being in Afghanistan and that, and then just watching that movie next to you and knowing what you guys go through, how you sacrifice in real life. Um, uh, and having been to Afghanistan, uh, as a civilian, just on a USO trip, I, how could anybody compare that? It's just not, it's, it makes no sense. So yeah, my job is difficult in my eyes and in my world, but in the real world and in reality, it, it's ridiculous to compare. So you know, um, will the people and the victims ever love this movie? Absolutely not. I think you have to understand, you know, that we're reenacting the worst day of their lives uh, and those things will never fully heal. Uh, but to show uh, how brave and honorable and show that the message of love will always conquer uh, the message of hate, then that's an important message that needs to be out there. And that was the real reason for wanting to make this movie. Well, I love how you keep using that, the message of love, that it conquers hate. There's no greater, in my mind, there's, and that's a result of my faith as well, too, there's no greater component of the never quit mindset than being able to conjure up that love to give you strength, to put the armor back on and get back in the fight. Was there, did you feel the love in, in those people's hearts like you felt the love from the team guys that you were helping and is that what drives you towards these type of movies? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, um, you know, it's very rare that you get to make a movie uh, that's about so much more um, than your own individual experience and, uh, and seeing uh, people's reaction. I, I'm looking forward next week to actually showing um, the rest of the city the movie. We're going to premiere the movie on the 14th in Boston. Um, but, you know, look, we want to and we also make a point every chance we get to remind people how important it is to honor people who sign up to protect our community, to protect our country. Um, that that gets overlooked sometimes. And I, I, I certainly have a huge appreciation and want to express my gratitude every chance I get. So thank you guys again for wow. for everything that you sacrifice for our great country. Oh, man. That- yeah. Thanks, brother. We always we always look at it like this. We look at it like this, Mark. You you know, you guys paid for us something like five million dollars for us to jump out of airplanes, blow shit up, and and shoot guns at people. So that that's a pretty good deal, man. And uh, Uh, everybody, you guys are a unique breed, man. Special individuals, you know. Well. All we say is that everyone, exactly, everyone's unique. Everybody follows their own path. And service to this country isn't just service. I mean, in, in the uniform, like everybody looks at it, it's the the ultimate side of it. I don't know if people know this, but right after Lone Survivor, man, he, he left and, and went and did another movie. After that, he went and did another movie from Deep Water. This one he's doing now, that says a lot about, like I said, the kind of... Never quit. Right, that, that mentality. And carrying that pressure, not only of doing a great movie, but making sure it's done right because it's an American tragedy. I mean, everyone's looking at it and it's, man, that's a great way to serve because you educate us on so much and what, from what you did in Lone Survivor to what you're doing on, uh, with Patriots. So yeah, man, just thank you for what you, you, you oh, bring us out of our reality and, and put us in a different one. And a lot of times it's, uh, reality is about this country. So good on you, man. I appreciate that. But I mean, like I, I, you know, when I start my day and I get on my hands and my knees, you know, after giving thanks, I said, I knew, you know, I always say, I know that God put me in this position for a reason. It's not to forget about where I come from. And hopefully I can live up to his expectations and make him proud. And as I humble myself and glorify him, I'll know 
how to do the things that he expects of me because I've been put in this position for a reason. You know, that, whether that's helping inner city kids and at risk youth, or you know, being able to tell these stories, or just being an example of of uh, being able to overcome adversity and never giving up, and knowing that you know, if you set yourself. Uh, you set your sights on something that you can accomplish it, but you can accomplish it by going out there and really doing the work, you know, earning it. That's what I just try to stress to my kid. I don't care if you get all A's. I just want you to do your best. We'll figure out what you then want to really do and what you're passionate about, and we'll go and we'll pursue that, you know. I just, you know, so it's, be polite, be it's, respectful. It's staying with those core lessons that get you through the hardship, right? And and those are those yeah. those translate whether you're eight you know, 18 or 80, man, that there's some consistency. And we're seeing that on this show over and over and over with whether it's you or it's Dustin Pedroia or Charlie Daniels, we're, we're seeing this common thread. So it, it, you know, like with you, I mean, you, you talk about love and your faith. You talk about the support a, yeah, of your crew. His, you his baseline is his, his faith. Base, it right? starts right there. And, and his, and his, morning, his work no ethic. What. and. So, you know, for yeah, the my kids are always like, Dad, you don't got to go to church every day. You don't got to pray every day. Come on, Dad, let's go hang out. I said, listen, this is what I need. And then after that, we can do whatever we want to do. And it's one thing to say it and tell them that they should do it. I don't want to do that. I just want them. I want them to see that dad has to do it. And then I'd be an example. And they said, well, maybe this this whole faith and prayer thing works for dad. Maybe I should, uh, you know, check it out a little bit more. Try it out. Uh, even though they, you know, they all go to to to, to uh, a faith based school. Um, I still, you know, I just want to be, you know, you got to be an example and, you know, there's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to just do it on a daily basis. That's a great way to say that. Everyone usually hear lead by example, yeah. live by it, live by, live example. by it. Yeah. And, and to live with faith in your heart, bro, is, I mean, that's, there's no better way to guide people through that. So last question for you, Mark, I know you got to run, bud. And, and is, you know, there, there are listeners are the people that are sitting there, they're they're in that fight. They're struggling. Maybe they haven't they haven't found their purpose, their passion. They don't have that crew. They don't have their faith. They don't have the family to support them. What what do you suggest to them to to just you know light that small fire in their gut? What 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 advice can you give them to say hey, you know it's out there. Where how do they start? So what would you say to those people? Um. To take take a moment to breathe, first and foremost, think about how difficult a lot of other people have it. You know, you think about, you know, a cancer cancer ward. You think about all these things, you know, that could always, it could always be worse. Start with a little bit of gratitude and then, you know, start working, start chipping away. I've always felt like, you know, you got to be in it for the long haul. You know, anything that comes, any overnight success isn't going to last. You know, uh, I don't want to win the lottery. You know, mm-hmm. I want to build day in and day out because I want to be prepared. I want to appreciate it as it comes. And then I want to continue to work hard, you know, to continue to grow. So I think, um, you know, having a little bit of gratitude, no matter how difficult it is, and then just never giving up. Awesome. What, what, what were the charities that you're involved in? I want to make sure everybody hears those. <clears throat> well, you know, we uh, we do, uh, you know, I have my own foundation, the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation, and most of uh, the, the programs that we work with outside of like Boys and Girls Clubs of America and stuff like that are inner city charities, you know, at-risk youth, things like that. I want to make sure the kids have an opportunity because you'd be surprised. Um, I don't care where you come from. You know, these kids, there's, there isn't anything they can't accomplish by, by, by working really hard. Really? So we want to create 
opportunities for them, you know, uh, giving them school programs to go to, getting them out of the city uh, to go to camp and see what it's like out there in nature and experience that. Um, so, you know, but anything, anything to do with kids and creating opportunities for them. That's cool, man. We, we ought to go work with some of those kids. Yeah. Well, Mark, man, thank you so much for your time and your insight. And I'm sure uh, a lot of people out there are going to really gravitate towards your words. And and for me personally, I've never gotten to thank you specifically, not only for what you did for my brothers and uh, in, in Lone Survivor, but also what you're doing for all these amazing stories, which really, in my mind, define the American never quit attitude. That even though in the greatest tragedies, the greatest adversity, you know, we can come back, tell a story that inspires people. So it means a lot to me to just, not for just you being here with us, but doing that yourself. So thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, brother, man. And Marcus, you know how much I love you, buddy. I'm uh, proud to proud to know you guys. Really. Yeah, thanks again. Hug All your right. family, brother. God Happy. bless you, Mark. Bye-bye. God bless God your family. Bye, yep. guys. Thanks. dude is down to earth isn't he yeah i, I mean and, and works his ass off i mean what a great perspective he has i mean I, when you take a step back right and you, and you really be objective about who he is and what drives him it, it doesn't sound like i think probably you would you would imagine it would for one of the biggest hollywood stars in the world yeah you, i did i didn't feel that as if he was talking i never once go like caught myself going yeah, but you're Mark Wahlberg, and you got everything you need. Sure. You know? Like if you were talking to a diva. T- totally. Uh, and you're right. I mean, some of them go and play that to the to the bone. It's and, part of the whole persona, yeah, right? That that level-headed, just to be able to talk to somebody like yeah, us about, about that. Yeah, and share it in a, in a way in a that's way like clear. That, right, because yeah. it could could have very easily just been like, hey, you know, it's all about me, and I didn't have anything. He's not like that at all. Absolutely, and that's what I dig about him, man. And and It's hard to get... Well, you look, if people get lost up in the tabloids and what's what and, and get the wires crossed, man, I hope people heard today, man. He's he's he is, great, yeah. Yeah, great dude, man. Well, I, I just, I, you know, I love the fact that recent article came out in Task and Purpose or whatever where he just said, hey, listen, we're Hollywood stars. Uh, you know, don't take our political opinions so significantly. I mean, we ought to just do what we do and have our opinions but not try and ram in anybody's. And I just like that. I, I like the guy that, like you said before, right? He's 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 moved. He's at the top of around, his game. Right. That, that's that's knowledge just from somebody who's been around. Totally. Totally. And, and I get that too. I mean, you you kind of want that when you chase that dream, when you chase that star, you you want everything that comes with it. Yep. And then as it starts to pile on, I, and I don't even remember who it was that said human beings aren't designed to be famous. They're not built that way. So interesting. In, in that world, man, it's uh to get all the way through it. You, you got to be able to roll with the punches, man. I I, I can't even imagine it because that is a, it, it, you know, that is one of the most cutthroat industries in the world. My brother's been out there for thirty years trying to figure it out, and you know, it's the highs and the lows. One minute you're hot, the next minute you're not. You're too old. You're too young. Anyway, so I, I just really really appreciated his insight. I think the listeners can really take something positive away from the fact that you know I love when those guys say, you know what, I work harder now than I ever did when I first started. And, and it's order to keep that, that process going. So I love that about him. So, Mark, you know, thanks for coming on. All right, we're going to, you know, I hope, I hope this show has been meaningful for you to recognize that no matter how high you get up, no matter how far ahead you get in your profession or how it, it, there's always 
an opportunity for you to work harder. And that's what he was saying, you know. You can't quit when the going gets tough and when you have some success. That's when you push harder. And it secures your legacy, right, Marcus? Absolutely. It's not us up here beating that dead horse and reiterating that. I mean, what this kind of turned into, man, is us, these people coming on and and tell them about every single, I mean, detail of some of the most difficult things that they've ever been through and and shine now and and to to listen to them say that and watching them do it too. But when you get a chance to see that and you can hear, man, you, you can see. Sometimes the verbiage doesn't come out, but the body language is there. Like, yo, you know that what he's For talking sure. about just is just and those pauses, yeah, you know, long, long, and yeah. you hear him search it, yeah, and that you can see him searching it and, and re- reliving that pain, but not in a in a negative way, as a positive. No, because you see the smile come out, right? Because like, you're looking around, you're like, it was worth it. Absolutely, and that's what it is, man. When you're taking that breath and you're thinking, I don't know if it's worth it. It is. Absolutely, it, it, it is worth. It. They Absolutely. want you to think it's not. I mean, that's the easy way to do it. Yeah, find that reason to. Make it happen. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, well we're going to read a, a, a listener was, you know, blessed us with writing in with this really amazing story that we're going to share right now. So, Marcus, here we go. This is from Seth Van Horn. Let's start out with a thank you for everything you guys did for our country and are doing now. Over four years ago, I was working as a police officer and began to have some terrible pains in my stomach area. I decided to go to the doctor, and they told me that I needed to take my gallbladder out. After going in for surgery and everything going smoothly, they decided to send me home to recover. After being home for 24 hours, I began to feel sick again. I called and told my fiancé to get home because I needed to go back to the hospital. Something is wrong. The hospital admitted me to run tests. That next morning, doctors decided to place me into a, into a coma to help my body heal and to help me get past the pneumonia in both my lungs, top and bottom lobes. As they are ready to induce the coma, I told my fiance that I loved her and that I would see her and the kids in a few days. During the 10 days in a coma, I had a struggle to live. My body went into septic shock and they had me on 17 different antibiotics. Eventually, they told me, told my family I was too sick to fly to Omaha Medical Center for more advanced treatment because I was too frail to survive the 45-minute flight. It came down to the final day of my coma, and they told my father and fiancé that I was on the last medicine they could use before they had to decide what to do with me, saying he has an 85% chance of not making it. The next day, a family friend, who was also a nurse, came in and turned on the radio to the local country station and then left the room. When she came back, my vitals had come up, making a 90-degree turn for the better. Mm. After coming back from the coma, I still had a long way to go with my recovery. I had to learn to walk again and due to nerve damage, and I lost over 70 pounds. I could not shave. I could not use the bathroom or even feed myself. As I was in therapy learning to walk again, I had a significant never-quit moment. I had taken three steps that day and was ready to sit down and cry. But my buddy came into the therapy room in his police uniform and said, Lunchbox, my nickname, get your ass up and let's walk. I ended up, by the end of the week, walking down the hall and around the corner. I went through a lot of therapy, water exercise, and overcoming death by looking it in the eye and saying, Not today, bitch. I never quit. This is a condensed version of my story. But I went back 
to work the streets again within three or four months after my 42 days stay in the hospital. Now, four or five years later, listen to, I listen to your podcast every Wednesday and I've listened to the Dave Grossman episode six times now. Thank you guys for all you do. You really make life at times simple for us out here working on the street by bringing something positive into this world. Thanks again. Wow. Seth, thanks for writing that in, brother. Yeah. This is the story. These are the stories which enable Marcus and I to do the show. These are the stories that affect us. These are the stories that Mm -hmm. we read, that we hear. These are the stories we want to bring you, that the listener. Everybody's in something. Everybody's going through something, right? And we all have great stories in us. We just have to let them out. That's tough, man, going in for the sleep. Oh, imagine that. Hey, we're going to put you in a coma. Uh, what? What? I always thought, you know, when I'm awake, I heal a little bit better. You know, in case you want to run something past me. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but, right. but man. Yeah, gallbladder, and next thing you know, you In a coma, almost dies. I mean, that's back on the line wearing the badge. Back out on the line. I mean, that says a lot about this man. And it says a lot. What he is, what he made of. Totally. Totally. And I believe that each one of you out there has something inside of you. There's a fire in your gut waiting to get fuel. So we're here. Our mission at the Team Never Quit podcast is to be that fuel, that spark. So you too can go out and ignite those great stories. Become a legend in your own world. And make the difference between never quitting and finding purpose. All right? That's what we want you to do. So I want to thank God. I want to thank Christ for teaching me to never quit as he never did on me. I want to thank my girls. I want to thank my family, my friends. I want to thank Marcus, Mel. I want to thank the wizard. I want to thank all of you people out there that made us one of the best shows out there. And I want to just thank, man, the next person who's going to take the time to write in a story and share with us. Good show. Hell of a show. And Mark, thanks for coming on and uh, and, uh, opening up like that. That was something. Just huge. Having experienced his life just a little bit, a big deal. Cut that out. (laughs) Especially when he dropped on last minute. (laughs) I know. Holidays and everything. But thanks to all y'all, like Rudd said, man, for coming back and and listening to us and, and making this uh, one of the top in our class. That really means something. It sure does. I, and I, I can't thank you enough. So God bless y'all. I'm out. I'm out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.